This is Dan Fleisch, and this is the third podcast for Section 3.1 of A Student's Guide to Maxwell's Equations. This podcast is about the line integral, and the relevant section of the text is on page 64. The left side of Faraday's law has a type of integral that we didn't see when we talked about electric and magnetic flux in chapters 1 and 2, and I think it's worth a little of your time to make sure that you understand that type of integral, which is called a path integral. And in order to understand the path integral, it's probably best to start off with the line integral, and that's what this section is about. The very best way I know to think about the concept of a line integral is to consider the problem of determining the mass of a wire that has variable density along its length. Look down at figure 3.2 on the bottom of page 64. The reason that the shading changes along that little cylindrical wire is that it's supposed to represent lambda, the number of kilograms per cubic meter, that is, the mass density of that wire, is changing from the left side of the wire to the right side of the wire. That's why it says underneath it, density varies with x, where x is in the direction along the wire to the right. It says lambda is equal to lambda of x, meaning there's one number of kilograms per cubic meter on the left side, and a different number in the middle, and a different number on the end, and it's continuously varying across there. Knowing that, how would you figure out the mass of this wire? One approach is to imagine that the wire consists of little segments. We're going to call those segments dx1, dx2. And we make them short enough that the density is approximately constant over that little segment. That's shown in the B part of the figure. And there you can see we've got dx1 on the left, dx2 next to it, dx3 next to that, and all the way on the right, dx sub n, where we imagine breaking this wire into n segments. Each segment may have a different density. That's why there's lambda 1 over dx1, lambda 2 over dx2, and so on, all the way up to lambda n over dx sub n. Now that we've got sections that are approximately constant in density, it's pretty easy to figure out the mass of one of those sections. For example, for the first segment, you simply take the length of the segment, dx1, multiply it by the relevant density, that is lambda 1 at that point, and you've got the mass of that segment. Then take dx2 times lambda 2 and dx3 times lambda 3, and you're getting the mass of each of those little segments. And when you add them up, as in equation 3.1 on the middle of page 64, you get the total mass of the wire is equal to the sum over the n segments of lambda times dx for each segment. Of course, that's going to be slightly inaccurate because we said the density was changing continuously across the wire. It wasn't truly constant for any one of those segments. So therefore, to make this more accurate, we would take an infinite number of segments. And how do we do that? We turn our summation of 3, 1 into the integral of 3, 2. Now we integrate the function that is lambda. We have to know what is the function. How does lambda vary with x? But if we know that, we simply integrate that function, lambda of x, over the length of the wire from 0 to L. That's an example of a line integral. And the path integral, such as that contained in Faraday's law, is very similar to this. You can hear about that in the next section.